Hello, everyone. This is Wes Miller with Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football and proud member of Blue Wire Hustle. Join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news around the league, predictions for next week's matchups, and more. And what's up, everybody? It's Wes. Uh, bowl season has come and gone. Our uh, football uh, playoff semifinal games have come and gone. And uh, all we have ahead of us is the national championship. That's all that's left. And then, what? The off season? I mean, like, how did we get here this fast, it seems. But uh, but uh, we're here to talk about all those bowl games and make predictions about the national championship. But first... As always, introduce you to my wonderful co-host first, Jesse. What's going on? You know, just currently trying to avoid the Rona so that I can enjoy <laughs> watching Alabama play on Monday um, and really trying to deal with mentally and emotionally the fact that the outcome that I did not want to happen has happened and we have to face Georgia again. And um, I don't necessarily love that. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Uh, Matt, my friend, how are you doing? I think we can tell how he's doing. <laughs> I, this, this is my hell. I'm, I'm for, the, my for those hell. of you who can't see, uh, Matt, summarize your background. Uh, well, over here we have um, a nice volcano. Behind me, you can see the uh, boiling lake of death and <laughs> damnation that we've got going on. So as you can guess, sports fans, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in hell. This is hell. It, I was going to say, is this some like artist's rendition of like the Lake of Fire or something I li- like that? I literally, I literally Googled hell and this is like the third <laughs> picture. And I was like, I, I, I can't hear. I'll get out of frame so you can really, t- really take this in because it's an amazing picture. It's really good. Well, at first I thought you were going like some kind of like Lord of the Rings Mount Doom vibe. But then oh, I saw all the like no. bodies floating in the sea of lava and I was like, well, I think that's going to be a little bit different. So, uh, yeah. But their hands are up, which I guess they're like they're rave. drowning. But like also, <laughs> they're, like, they're like, this is fine. Everything's fine. No, it's yeah. fine. It's like the exactly. Elmo BF where the fire's behind him and he's got his hands in the air. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the state of Tennessee football right now. Uh, that's the state of my fandom of college football in general. Oh, man. Well, we'll get there quick enough. But uh, let's go ahead and start with, uh, with the first bowl game. Always remember, if you ain't first – last all right first we had uh missouri versus army that was the lockheed martin armed forces bowl uh army won this one 24 to 22 uh, i got two points in this one uh don't forget each one of these is worth two this the semi-final playoff games are worth four a piece um so yeah i mean so interesting about this one is uh mizzou opened up their quarterback competition after uh, connor basilak's uh, struggles uh, Brady Cook won that starting job as a freshman, uh, and uh, so uh, so that was uh, that was kind of an interesting development as the as things got underway. Uh, Tyler uh, Beatty sat this game out, which um, his presence was sorely missed. Uh, but can't blame him; he's getting getting ready for the NFL. Um, uh, Mizzou they got off to a fast start in this one, leading sixteen and seven, sixteen to seven at half. Uh, but the second half was uh, mostly dominated by the Army, even though. Uh, the backup quarterback, uh, Tyhere Tyler, uh, had to come in when Christian Anderson, their starter, uh, went down late in the third. Uh, Tyler threw a touchdown, and then Mizzou answered with one on their one of their own, uh, taking back the lead, 22-21, with uh, a minute 11 left in the game. Uh, but then Army marched down the field, and yes, 
pun was intended there, marched. Ha ha. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, I got it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> that's, where, that's where we're at tonight. Okay. And, yep. and Cole Tally hit a 41 yard field goal as time expired uh, to win it. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, not off to a great start here. And as we'll talk about, uh, SEC kind of kind of struggling. But anyway, Jesse, what are your thoughts on this one? You know, toughness Tuesday does not stand up to patriotism is what we learned. Uh, truly, truly. No, I mean, the Tigers went in, their secondary was shorthanded, and I think it showed. Um, then they lost multiple players in the first half. And I wondered, too, I know they said they opened up quarterback competition, but with Connor Bazelak entering the transfer portal, I have no doubt that that has something to do with it as well. Um, but Army only threw one pass in the first half, and uh, it was good for 42 yards. And, you know, they were five for eight in the second half for 53 yards. So really their running game is kind of what took them there. They entered, Army did, the Black Knights as they are called. Uh, they entered this game 128 out of 130 FBS teams at, at, uh, averaging 94.8 yards per game. So not huge, um, but big enough to beat uh, Mizzou, who is struggling and has been all year and barely made this bowl game. But yeah, they were able to snap, uh, Army was able to snap a seven-game losing streak against Power 5 teams with uh, their first win since 2017. So, well, very interesting there. Well, Matt, you, you called it. You, uh, you liked the matchup. Missouri has been horrible against the run this year, and that's what Army... That's what they do. So what were your thoughts? Uh, first off, I want to go on record as saying I'm glad Missouri lost this game. Um, my hate and vitriol for Coach Drinky, I think, is well established. So there's that. Um, and like I said, I mean, we know that Missouri's run offense was – a run defense, excuse me, was terrible. Um, and, and the, you know, Army delivered. That's a run first team. It's a run only team practically. So – Um, you give up 238 uh sorry um 211 uh, yards on the ground you're not going to be able to be very successful at stopping them so um I was a little shocked it was as close as it was I was expecting Missouri to give up uh not score as much as they did but here we are so uh SEC off to a rousing start this bowl season so more to follow and uh it would it would only get worse from there the one that we watched uh together UCF versus Florida (laughs) The uh, Union Home Mortgage (laughs) Gasparilla Bowl. Um, Yeah, UCF Uh, taking this one 29 to 17. Matt gets uh, the two points for this one. He's the only one to pick UCF, so congratulations, Matt, on there. Trust me, I don't feel any better because when you get to the bottom of this thing and you see what the actual margin is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so this was uh, Emory Jones' last game with Florida before he enters the uh, transfer portal. Uh, this game, you know, I think we called it, I, I expected this one to be sloppy all around. Uh, and it kind of was, um, Florida defense again, couldn't really stop anybody. Um, uh, UCF getting 436 total yards. Um, they found themselves in a shootout, you know, I mean, which is it, it, with Florida, the way they've been just erratic this season, um, they can't afford to get in that type of situation. Uh, the, and they couldn't, they couldn't keep up in this one. Uh, Florida led 17 to 16 with uh, 757 left in the third, but UCF scored the final 13 points in the game to win it. So just Florida, just not really much in the tank uh, down the stretch. So uh, Matt, let's start with you this time. Your thoughts on, on this, uh, on this win for UCF. 
I feel like there was another adjective you wanted to throw in there and you're going to say Florida <laughs> game, but we won't do that. Um, you know, it's it's hard to win a game when you when you look at the stat. I'm a stat guy. I like looking at the stats. The stats tell you the, the, the story of the tape here. Um, when you look at the stats, you can see how Florida lost this game. Two for 13 on third down. That's abysmal. Mm. Um, you give up 288 yards rushing on your defense, 150 yards practically on passing. Um, you have eight penalties for 85 yards and you lost the time of possession that the only way you make that worse is if you throw a couple interceptions, which they didn't do in this game. Right. But this, this is a Florida team that I think was, I hate to use the word unmotivated, but I feel like that might be what it was. Don't really feel like they, uh, they really had anything to go here. And, and, and it kills me because this is a, a blue chip sec team and they didn't show up. They didn't show up at all. Yeah. Jesse, your thoughts? Florida. Are y'all okay? No. Are you? Not right now. Are you okay? okay? I mean, check on your friends. Check on your friends. They have probably already resigned themselves to basketball season. But I'm just saying, y'all need to check on some people. Um, And and Gus Malzahn. Honey, what did Auburn do to you? (laughs) <laughs> he has age. He looks awful. That was, that he that was such a surprise. Aged. It's it, like we were talking about the picture of the president when he like goes into office. <laughs> right. And then when he comes out and you're like, oh. Ooh. Well, how many yeah, years has it been? It's just it hasn't been that long. Like I, I looked at that first when we saw him on the sidelines, I was like, I feel like a ton of time has passed, but it's only been like a couple years or if you, you know, whatever. So not even. He yeah, not he even just yeah. got that job. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but he looked rough, much like the entire Florida football team. Yeah. He he uh he got fired from Auburn in 2020. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's, it's, not, it's not yeah. been that long. It's, he's spent uh, too yeah. much time in the sun. Maybe yeah, that's he, what it is too, because you know, he's spent too much time in the sun. Lightens up the hair. He's in Orlando, so he's probably having to take the grandkids to Disneyland every time. Right. Disney World, excuse me, Disney World. I know my wife's going to give me hell for that. <laughs> Disney World, um, probably too many times. Universal Studios. I mean, he's probably got yeah. an annual pass. So Absolutely. I, I, I get it. I get it. He's spending a lot of time at the beach. Yeah. I guess. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, yeah. So he was <laughs> he was already starting to go a little gray, but then the sun just lightens that right on up, you know. So it's <clears> gone. Uh, it's that bleach blonde look, but yeah. it doesn't work yeah. when you're pushing 56. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. No I mean, offense, Gus. Love you, buddy. I, um, I hesitate. As much as I don't like Florida, I hesitate to make fun of them because games like these always have a a really weird feel to them. It's like you're watching a team that's really down right now. But at the same time, you understand that they also have a lot of hope uh, because they've just made a big hire. Um, They're expecting big things. And so it's like this interim waiting period of, oh, yeah, we're going to suck for a little bit. Uh, The bowl game is probably not going to be the best, uh, but we're just going to get through it. And uh, and then wait for next year. So you know, I mean, that happened when they hired Mullen too, and look where we're at. True. I was, I was about to say, and and mm, I, I I hate to sit in judgment on head coaches because you know I absolutely adore head coaches, especially when they come out of interesting schools. Um, but <laughs> B- Billy Napier, I, I I don't know if I'd call home run hire, but eh, that's just my personal opinion, right? You know, obviously, Jerry is going to be out. Um, but with what we've seen, you know, all we can judge is what we've seen. 
And especially when you take a, a team that's considered to be a, a lesser power in the country and do really well with them, that certainly speaks to something. So, but will it translate? We'll see. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, Houston uh, versus Auburn in the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Uh, Houston won this one 17 to 13. Guys, this is, we're, we're not off to a great start here. I, uh, uh, wait, Wes, can you give me the name of that bowl one more time? I ticket, forgot what that was. Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Thank you. Um, okay. well, I forget what the stadium. Here, Birmingham is lovely this time. I of forget year. what the stadium is called. It's like protective something, Birmingham, whatever. Uh, but it, when you say the whole thing, it's, it's a mouthful. Um, Anyway, just not, not to interrupt you, Wes, but can no. you imagine you're 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 a college kid, you're really jazzed up about the fact your team might be in a bowl game and yeah, and you find out you're going to Birmingham. No offense to Birmingham. I'm sure it's a lovely city, but it is literally like woof. an hour and a half tops, probably just an hour away from Auburn. Right. That's gotta be disappointing for an Auburn. That might be why they lost this bowl game. That might be why. Because I mean, yeah, we get to go to Birmingham, Ugh. literally straight on up 280, and you are there. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what to say about this one. I mean, obviously, uh, Jesse, you you got it right because uh, you picked Houston. But um, my gosh, like this one, like had the same kind of feel, you know, that we were talking about for those four straight losses uh, 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 for Auburn, and they had a chance to win at the end. Uh, and they let it slip away I, again. Um, Auburn's offense really struggled to find momentum early on. Uh, they were down 10 to three at half. Um, they made it 13 to 10 in the third. And it really seemed like I even remember the announcers saying, you know, it really feels like the momentum has swung Auburn's way. Like everything that the ball is bouncing Auburn's way. They're getting the breaks. Um, but then it just like stopped. They couldn't keep it going. And, and ultimately Houston got that momentum back with a 26-yard touchdown pass from Clayton Toon to Jake Herslow to put Houston up for good 17 uh, to 13. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I really, it's, it's really hard for me to evaluate this because uh, I know, you know, Harson, you know, is still, still getting things kind of figured out. Uh, but the way that this team finished down the stretch looks like a team that just doesn't know how to close out games. I don't know, Jesse, what do you think? I would agree. I mean, I think we haven't seen that progression in this Auburn team that people wanted to see. Obviously, it's his first year at the helm there, so it's hard to judge. Um, I'm reminded of 2007 Nick Saban yelling at us to trust the process. I get that. <laughs> but at the same time, this seems to be a reoccurring problem, not just with him at the helm, but also when Gus Malzahn was there as well. So just something that I don't necessarily know how you fix it, but should be corrected quite quickly. And, you know, Houston, good on them. They got their first bowl since beating the then number nine Florida State in the Peach Bowl on December 31st of 2015. Mm, I haven't had yeah. a bowl in since then. So good for you, Houston Cougars. And it's like you said, Auburn just let another one slip away. And that has got to be super discouraging. Obviously, they were without some key players that were either hurt or someone like Bo Nix, who is both hurt and transferred. So a lot of issues happening there, and hopefully they'll be able to make some big moves in the offseason to, to correct those. But you can't have games slip away from you like this. You can't have leads that continue to uh, disseminate as the game goes on. Right. Matt, what do you think? Uh, this is an Auburn team that lost – 
five of their last five. Um, they have not won a game since October. Um, so that's a pretty rough stretch. And I think I agree with Jesse. This does seem like a team that can't close out a game or doesn't know how to. Um, and, and I think that comes down to coaching. Um, you know, they got blown out by Texas A&M. They uh, lost to Mississippi State late. Uh, they lost to South Carolina, who uh, we already talked about South Carolina. And they hung with Bama for a minute, but then that fell apart. Let it slip away. Uh, and and I'm just, I'm worried. It, you know, that, that that comes down to coaching. And the other thing is when you have an athlete to like Tank Bigsby, who had, uh, was it 164 total yards in this game? One reception for 51 yards and one run for 32 yards. Like, you should be beating somebody, but defense couldn't get the job done. So, I, as an Auburn fan, if I was an Auburn fan, which thank the Lord I'm not, but if I was an Auburn fan, I would be Great. be a little concerned, a little concernicus about what's uh, about what's happening here. Because Auburn's, you know, Gus Malzahn is laughing. He's oh, like, I guarantee I he, he laughed his butt off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guarantee he watched this game. I guarantee he did. Do you think? Do you think he goes he to viewing wa- party? Do you think he goes to Waffle House not only after a win but also after Auburn losses now? Yes. <laughs> and you want to know why? Because they're still paying his salary, so they're paying <laughs> for right. him to go to Waffle House. Wait a minute, he right. got hired. Those those sort of those sort of things usually have a condition to where when you get hired by another school, you don't get paid anymore, right? Surely, I, I know, it just depends on, by Auburn. Depends on how it he reads, I guess. Dipping. I bet the IRS loves him. <laughs> oh yes. All, all of these guys who are making hand over fist. Yeah. I just hope Auburn still has to pay him. That's all I hope. <laughs> Have one of those uh, Bobby Bonilla deals where we. Yes. <laughs> oh, Bobby his... Bonilla was so smart. <laughs> it's going on for like a hundred years or however long. What, what is it? He gets a million dollars every, is it like March 3rd or something yeah, like that? I, from yeah. now until really like 2025 or something like that. Yeah. I, know, I just know that they Bobby keep, Bonilla they post day. it every year on Bobby Bonilla day on ESPN's Insta or whatever. Yep. <laughs> like happy Bobby Bonilla day, everybody. July 1st. For those of you who don't know who that is, go look it up right now. It's uh, important. He, oh yeah. He, Bobby Bonilla played for the Mets. The Mets signed an awful deal. He gets paid one. I just looked this up. He gets paid $1.19 million a year. From the time he signed that contract in 2000, 2000 till he's 72, <laughs> he is currently 58. Oh, my. Like, that's, that's just brilliant, though. What a great deal. It's so good. Oh, my goodness. So good. We're going to be talking about that for a long time to come, for sure. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, yeah, again, not a great uh, – the, the SEC continues their not-so-great streak here. Um, We're currently 0-3. Right. And uh, yeah, as you're Let's keeping continue. tabs, as, yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're not done yet. Uh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Mississippi State versus Texas Tech in the AutoZone oh, Liberty Bowl from Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Texas Tech won this one um, 34 to 7. <clears throat> 34 to 7. Um, yeah, this, like, you know how we were talking about, you know, because of all the legal stuff going on between Mike Leach and Texas Tech. We were like, yeah, I bet he he um, circled that on his calendar. And uh, while he may have, uh, it appears that his team did not. <laughs> um, defense didn't really show up. Offense couldn't really get going. Um, we've kind of watched Will Rogers do well uh, for most of the season. Um, but he was held under 300 yards for the first time in 10 games in this game. Um, 
And, um, you know, they were talking about Texas Tech just really dominating in the trenches, and they really did in this game um, on both sides of the ball. Uh, Mississippi State, they showed some uh, some signs of life throughout the game, but ultimately the wheels fell off. You could kind of feel that coming coming along uh, in the second half, and, and they imploded. So, um, yeah, um, let's start with Matt. What uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, poor performance? How's the uh, how's that? How's that? Is it? It's either a vine or something where you go, oh no, baby, what is you doing? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Mississippi State, what is you doing? Because <laughs> this is a game that I feel like they none of all of us picked Mississippi State. I felt like this was a game they were going to be able to win because this was a Texas Tech team that you know went seven and six. They finished seventh in the uh, in the um, Big 12 this year, which isn't exactly the most stellar conference on the planet to begin with. Um, and they absolutely dominated Mississippi State, which makes no sense. Um, just awful football out of Mississippi State. You only get one touchdown. Hey, just I, I'm, I'm a little shocked. You know, uh, granted, there were some yards put together. I mean, Mississippi State still got 344 total yards, um, but just you can't. It just, it's it's awful. I I hate that for Mike Leach because we were wanting Mike Leach to get a little bit of revenge uh, after the whole Texas Tech litigation stuff. And it just, that didn't happen. Um, That didn't happen at all. I mean, Will Rogers still threw for almost 300 yards, but he, you know, that's low compared to what we've seen out of him this season. So I don't know what happened to to Mississippi State. I can tell you what happened. They continued to turn over the ball. No, that's true. They had three turnovers. I think this is a Mississippi State team that we've continued to see has issues with turnovers. And until that gets wrapped up, it's it's not going to matter. Um, I will say this is obviously we're in a weird time still where COVID is a factor. And we'll talk about it later about teams being affected by it. Um, how affected are the teams by it? But Coach Leach said that his team was struck with COVID issues shortly after arriving in Memphis, and he never considered pulling his team out of the game. And after his news conference uh, post game, he said that he estimated 10 or 11 players were affected um, and that he was committed to playing the game anyways. So uh, is that actually a factor? I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's an excuse. I think it's an easy excuse right now for, for teams to use because it, it makes sense. You say like we were affected by COVID and who's going to say that you weren't, but um, I think it might be the turnover monster and not so much the COVID monster. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. And, and yeah, they, they struggled with turnovers. The defense gave up a ton as well. It's just like they couldn't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. So put those things together and not a good recipe. So uh, speaking of recipe, let's talk about the Mayo bowl. <laughs> Uh, North Carolina versus South Carolina, the Duke's Mayo Bowl from Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, how about South Carolina? 38-21 victory. Jesse gets two points. She's the only one to pick South Carolina. I wanted to believe, Jess. I, I really did. Like I wanted to pick South Carolina, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Um, I should have. Um, I was shocked. Like They're really able to like control line of scrimmage on both sides. They allowed 128 yards rushing while gaining 301 yards uh, on the ground themselves. So uh, just really just um, kind of showing out there. Um, obviously, this helped control the clock, too, which, you know, obviously mm-hmm. was something that you're going to want to do. And then um, and then they were just able to kind of dominate. So, hey, what a great win. 
uh, for South Carolina. Um, Jesse, your, your thoughts since you had, you had confidence in the, I had confidence. I (laughs) believed in Beamer. I did. (laughs) And it paid off. And I understand that that has not always been the case, but I believed this time. Um, what an exciting win for that program, especially after getting uh, Spencer Rattler, who again, it's going to, we're going to see how he pans out, but I think there's a lot of momentum in attitude and in the locker room that's kind of propelling this forward. I think there was some smart coaching, like you mentioned, controlling the clock is huge in games like this, but uh, really exciting for South Carolina. Their fans are hyped. They're on it. I am on the ground. I'm in it. Uh, South Carolina fans are They're super awake. jazzed. They are <laughs> awake. They have been awakened. Um, so exciting for them. I do not support the post-game wasted oh. mayo, though. Duke's uh, mayo is so good. Yes. It is so good. And I just need everyone to stop pouring it on themselves. It's mayonnaise abuse. It's not a joke. It's mayonnaise abuse. Yeah. Just like how much Don't do it. I mean, how many mouths could you feed with that? You know, that nothing. was a that was a vat of mayonnaise. Yeah. It wasn't like a jar. It was a so vat was as big of as him. mayonnaise. It which was, they, and which it they was... crashed on his head, by the way, when they right before oh, right yeah, before they, they dumped pretty it. good, didn't they? <laughs> they did. I mean, I get it. If you have gum in your hair, sure, yeah. you use the mayo to get gum out of your hair. That's pro tip, <laughs> pro tip right there. But don't don't waste it. Oh. Don't, some of the other stuff is a little more tolerable, although still a waste. Like I was watching some Stop of dipping the... Oreos in the mayo. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. No, yeah, that no, was another one. No, Stop it. No. We, every day we get further and further from God's light. And that's a great example. <laughs> I don't know was, what they were doing there. That's so bad. Like, uh, Matt, I can't even. Matt, what are, what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, great win for South Carolina. Um, this is South Carolina, or excuse me, a North Carolina team. Uh, that finished fifth in the ACC Coastal. Um, so not a fantastic ACC team, um, but, you know, eh, it's still a, still a bowl win, even if it is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Um, so kudos to Beamer uh, coming in your first season. You get to a bowl and you win one. That's got to be uh, that's got to be a positive sign for Carolina fans. Um, I don't know why we're getting excited about Spencer Rattler, but whatever. Y'all do you. Um I, th- I think they're just happy to have somebody. They're just happy to have someone who's you're, not you're abs- a you're graduate absolutely assistant. Right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I don't have a whole lot to say other than the fa- – oh, something I did see that uh, was, you know, Kevin Harris going off for 182 yards. Um, so that's that was a good little show for him. So mm-hmm. um, something to build on. I mean, there's, you know, next year. So maybe, maybe we're going to hear Sandstorm playing at the Georgia Dome next year. Or excuse me. Georgia Dome. What is this? Two thousand one. Maybe we're going to hear uh, hey. Sandstorm played at uh, at the Benz next season. I was going to say people still say Georgia Dome. I think for a lot of people that's just kind of default because you know for years. Yeah, but, that's uh, what happens with the White Sox. Everybody like no, everyone says Comiskey. Nobody says guaranteed rate field. <laughs> no one's ever going to say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's it's what you I, need, especially I, if it flows off the tongue better than you know, some, <laughs> I really, I really hate, this is my own personal opinion though. Um, this is not the viewpoints of pigskins or pigskins. <laughs> um, I can't stand it when they have like the, the trans trans union stadium or, or sun, sun belt state, or like they have corporate names for stadiums. It's awful. Well, please come up with something that more original. 
But I guarantee you, if you owned that stadium and somebody paid to have their name on it, you would be yeah, but, cool with but it. But what what fan what fan is going to be like? Oh man, I get to go to Atlanta, go go to SunTrust Stadium or whatever it's called now. True. Like, and then You're, they go, yeah. oh wait, oh I could just bank there too. That would be great. Nobody does that. <laughs> so why do that? Like nobody ever like woke up one morning and went, I think I'm going to start banking with Truist because right. they named the stadium for the Braves. Nobody does that. Right. Although it might make you curious because I guarantee you some of the stuff, um, I remember old, you know, baseball stadiums. What was it? Uh, three com park or whatever it was. Um, oh, that was, um, this was, was Reds, that San- wasn't it? Uh, was it uh, maybe it was at one point, but I think it used to be like San Diego, didn't it? Or, um, maybe it was, remember. I can't remember. It was somebody out there, uh, baseball fans, uh, hardcore who know all the stadiums are yelling at me right now. But anyway, um, I just remember being a kid and hearing that on the video game I was playing and just being like, what in the world is three com and like looking that up. So, Hey, maybe uh, if nothing else, it builds curiosity. Anyway, uh, you know, they're already doing it with college stadiums. Yeah. 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 It gets it gets you Kroger a lot Field. of um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it gets you a lot of um, contractual uh, elements that you can build in when you're a title sponsor. I could go into it. Um, we used to I used to manage a sponsorship for the A's for one mm-hmm. of my clients. You get a lot of stuff, and your if you're a brand, your employees get a lot of benefits too, and you can also offer things like if you sign, I'm sure if you sign up for a card then and you're in that area they'll be like oh well you get every ticket you buy is you know points on your card or whatever I won't get into it it's what I it's it's not no that's fascinating outside of marketing probably lots of uh swag bags too right it's it's ruining the game by god so many swag bags (laughs) now get off I don't necessarily support it it just used to pay my paycheck so as as far as um, getting stuff dumped on, I think I'd be more cool with the the Cheez It Bowl than the Mayo Bowl. Yes. So um, yeah, <clears throat> the Mayo Cheez Its are gross. Well, at least you can like wipe the Cheez Its off. That's true. That's true yeah. <laughs> and maybe and Dabo Sweeney already looked like a Cheez It outfit, so it just Ooh. worked. I was just Ooh. waiting for him. I was just waiting for him to go like this and just like pick one off his shoulder and be like, hmm, <laughs> eat it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, right. um, we've gone off the rails already. Um, all right, dude, we've been off the rails for four years now. That's like, true, no, and that's no that's, what that's that's <laughs> what I love about this show. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, Tennessee versus Purdue in the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. From you should have said a trigger warning. You should have issued one. St- <laughs> trigger trigger warning uh, from Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, yeah, Purdue won this one 48-45 in overtime. Nobody got the point. Matt, I know. I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, um, I have thoughts, but I they're not going to be as no, detailed. No, no, no. They're, they're not going to no. be as detailed as yours. I'd rather just listen to you and what your thoughts are. Well, um. <laughs> For those of you who can't Let's, see, Matt, Matt is pointing at hell behind him once yes, more. Yes, 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 I am, because that is exactly where we ended up uh, as a result of this game, um, and I'm being hyperbolic, it it wasn't. I don't want to call it a bad loss because I mean this is a Purdue team that you know stood out. They beat uh, oh crap, I forget Michigan State. I think it was during the regular season. They had a couple of wins in the you know quality wins. So I mean this wasn't a Purdue. It wasn't like we lost like some two and ten team or something. Um, but this game gave me palpitations 
Tennessee came out in the first quarter like they usually do um, and just absolutely dominated, put up 21 points in the first quarter. I sat back and I just was like, all right, good. We're going to roll out of here like 52 to 16 or something. That'd be great. But right. unfortunately that wasn't the case after that Purdue decided to get their act together. And so we went into the half down, um, down by two points. Uh, so it was 21 to 23 at the half. And so we just looked bad on defense. We made a, a, a couple of really crucial um, defensive mistakes. There was one play where um, I can't remember the kid's name for Purdue. He caught a ball and he had like four Tennessee players around him and he almost got tackled, but the guys gave up on the play. And then he took off down the sideline. That was in the fourth quarter near the end. Um, and it was just a lot of back and forth. I mean, Tennessee got 666 yards total offense in this game, but they also gave up 627 total yards offense. Is it, it's not yeah, funny again, that you said you're again, in hell and it's again, That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, we had 288 yards rushing in this game, 378 yards in the air. Um, we only had one turnover to produce three Um it, this was a game where I feel like we should have won and we should have won by a wide, wide margin. Um, but the problem is, is just our defense in the second half could not stop their pass game. I don't know why. I don't know what was going on. Um, I'll come back to the officials in just a second. But okay, I was going to say, are we? Oh, gonna don't worry. That? We're going to get there. Um, I, I felt like this was a game we should have won. Um, unfortunately, it went to overtime. Uh, and I think everybody is aware of what happened in overtime. I'll come back to that when we talk about the officials. Uh, but again, there were several instances in this game, and I want to be very, very, very clear about this. And Vault Twitter's probably going to get mad at me if they ever hear that me say this. Tennessee lost this game. Tennessee had multiple opportunities to win this thing before we got to overtime, and we didn't capitalize on those opportunities. There were several instances where uh, Hinton Hooker threw deep balls when he didn't need to throw deep balls. He only needed like five or 10 yards. He's throwing 20 yard bombs. Uh, again, I'm going to chalk that up to inexperience. Um, I'm going to chalk up, chalk it up to coaching that he did it three straight times. Um, but I digress. Um, there were a couple other instances where we should have had this game shot down before the fourth in the fourth quarter. That wasn't the case. So for the overtime starts, um, Tennessee gets the ball. Obviously, uh, we lost the toss because that's Tennessee's luck for you. Uh, we had to go first. We get two fourth down. Uh, we make our first fourth down conversion. Coach got super aggressive. We go for it on fourth and one, which, by the way, I loved that call. There are a lot of people that were really upset with that call, but I appreciated um, Josh Heupel's uh, like aggressiveness because I feel like he knew that they needed to put this thing away. Um, and I think he was absolutely right. And I really wish that that had happened. Um, so they do a little run, punches in the end zone, we score. Oh, wait. No, he didn't because the officials called the play dead and said his forward progress was stopped. Now, let's talk about the officials, shall we? Um, like I said, and I was very clear with this, Tennessee lost this game. There were too many instances where Tennessee should have won the game. However, this was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen in my freaking life. The pass interference calls on the outside, there were not just one, not just two. There were three separate pass interference calls that were called on Tennessee that weren't pass interference. They weren't. If you wanted to call them pass interference, then you should have called pass interference when somebody grabbed Cedric Tillman's jersey and they pulled it for four yards. They didn't call that one, though. Um, not to mention that I've never in my life seen a running back still churning his feet get called down by forward progress was stopped 
when he punches the ball through in, into the end zone over the goal line. That was the worst call I've ever seen in my life. That officiating crew was terrible. Awful. What conference were they from? ACC. ACC, you know, yeah. Did y'all know this is the same group, the same officiating crew, where that whole Duke, I think it was Duke, North Carolina controversy that happened earlier in the season? It was the same freaking crew. Uh. So, track record's there. The evidence on the field's there. The officials played a part in this. And one of the Tennessee players tweeted later that, you know, it's hard to beat. What was it? Uh, it was 11 versus 18, I think. Seven officials, obviously. They're not wrong. And every major outlet that you look at, for the most part, has said that was a touchdown. And I'm pretty sure that if Tennessee's given that touchdown, they win that ball game. Because Purdue was not able to move the ball much in that, in that, in that first overtime. It's, mm-hmm. it's the reason why they had to settle for three. So it is what it is. Um, I was really upset about it the day of. If we'd recorded the podcast that night, I you probably would have had to have bleeped every word I said um, because I was <laughs> no hot man. To, we're just getting the E rating. I, <laughs> I I was hot yeah. to trot that night. I think I blew up y'all's phones with all kinds of stuff. Oh, like, Wes and I texted each other separately, and we're like, we just don't say anything to Matt. I was like, I think it's best to just leave you, it alone. You could have yeah. said anything. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have got mad. I think at one point I tweeted out, "Someone throw the effing mustard." Uh, I, I, I was. We, we I wanted was, to check on you, but then we I knew was, the answer to our I question. Was right. Hot to what? trot. So yeah, this this game. It was a great game. It was a fantastic game. A lot of right. back and forth. I feel like if our defense had played just a smidge bit better, we probably would have won this game by at least two touchdowns, but it just wasn't meant to be. So we just keep going. Right. I think the yeah. ACC refs saw the SEC refs and they're like, hold my beer. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Much to my chagrin. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those where if you're, if you're not a fan of either, it's a spectacular game to watch. Uh, but if you're a yeah. fan, uh, it's excruciating. Jesse, your thoughts on it? Um, just to bring in maybe a little happiness. Um, <laughs> the Vols set a single season record with 511 points, topping the 484 scored in 12 games in 1993. So That's, congrats there. Yeah. They also brought out a record crowd of 69,489, topping the previous mark of 69,143 set in 2010 when they played the bowl there last time. Wow. Uh, I know. By the way, by the way cool. I do want, I do want to point out that was probably the worst condition field I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know who's running Nissan stadium, but they need to really reevaluate what they're doing with their field. Cause that thing was slippery and it looked like crap. Hmm. Um, but I think the only thing to say really about Purdue is um, their coach came out and said that, they had a lot of wide receivers and they were able to tap into that depth and spread the ball around. Um, and obviously their quarterback O'Connell was really able to connect with those guys. You saw it, they put up 627 yards or total offense, but a lot of that being in the air. So yeah, Purdue, we joke about it. And I always say per don't. And of course they're a joke in the big 10 as well, but they are the one team that can trip people up. Uh, you mentioned Michigan state. So it is one of those games that you have to be careful even when you're playing out of conference. But yeah, I, uh, it was a cool game as someone who's not a fan of either, uh, but definitely felt for the Vols after watching that call. But I 100% agree with Matt. I think anybody, when you have a game that is scoring that high on both sides, you can't just blame one call for losing it. You definitely have to look at the entire performance and, and really 
gather what you can. And clearly defense was, was lacking there. So agree well, with that. I wasn't we're, surprised. We're all, in, we're all in agreement. That was a touchdown, right? I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to say yes. Hold on. Let me get there. We talked about, Wes and I I, talked about, we went back and forth for a bit. I mean, I've watched, I watched that replay like 20 times just because I wasn't sure. (laughs) Um, Those I can't see. Matt's gone. Matt is gone. Yeah. All I can, all I'm looking at is flaming bodies in hell. Um, Yes. Um, Anyway, um, that was a lot of points. I wasn't shocked. So I, I, I figured Tennessee was going to score a lot, Uh, put up a lot of yards, put up a lot of points. I was not shocked by that. I was shocked that Purdue was able to do the same. And Matt, you said the same uh, in more colorful language during the game about <laughs> Tennessee's defense. And I was honestly really surprised at, at that. Um, kudos to Purdue uh, for showing up because honestly, they came into this game struggling with some big injuries, specifically the All-American uh, defensive end and wide receiver. Um, Brock Thompson, who needs uh, off season surgery on both his knees, apparently uh, filled in at wide receiver. Uh, and got seven catches for 217 yards and two touchdowns. So, honestly, don't know how dude did that, needing that. But I, I don't know. Maybe he had some some shots of the good stuff in his knee. I don't know. But anyway, He'll he was probably never play football again. I was gonna say, or yeah, just complete reconstruction of those knees in the off season. Okay, so the replay. <clears throat> I watched. I watched that thing. I don't know how many times. And I, I completely agree. Oh, Matt's gone. He didn't. <laughs> he, didn't he didn't just like get up from his screen. He actually left the meeting. Um, here's here's. Continue. The, I'm listening. Here, I yeah. can see both ways. I'm saying I think it's a touchdown because if I were a Tennessee fan or if this were my team, Absolutely. I'd be advocating for it. Of course. I can see why some people would say it's not. Hundred percent. If I was if I was a Tennessee fan, I would be I would be angry um, at that call because I would say I'd say exactly what Matt said. Yes, his legs were still churning. He um, he he still um, you know was moving. Um, but then, so when I was watching it, you can see, and I understand that referees are are not <laughs> referees are not robots. Um, so I understand that because if I was looking at the replay, I see him running in from the sidelines like he's going to spot it short. And he, I don't even know that he'd blown the whistle yet at that point. No, nope, there wasn't no whistle. Right. You can, whistle. you can see him running in and then the whistle comes later. So I don't know if he just, you know, tried to blow the whistle and just got short of breath or I don't know what have you, but it did look like he was kind of running in already. I understand why they wanted to mark him short um, because his momentum had been stopped. However, he wasn't down. His knee wasn't technically down. It's one of those deals where it's just like, gosh, I see how it could have gone both ways and so close. Um, and Matt, if I was in your shoes, I would be very angry about that. Um, if I was on Purdue's side, I would be like, oh, yeah, it's a great call, you know, yeah. whatever. So um, I, I don't just know. don't see how, how you can make that call in that sort of situation in an overtime game, how you're going to call that play dead. Right. Like, I do outside, outside, outside effort here. It just, just I think in that situation, I would rather see the ref just let a play go. Right. I agree. But that's what replays for replays intended to where you let the play play. Mm -hmm. And then if you need to go back and reverse it, then you go back and reverse it. You don't just, yeah. 
I, 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 zebra should have kept it in his pocket there because that was right wrong. yeah no i yeah i agree with you on that one um okay um so let's talk about some of our uh cfp semifinal games first was for Cincinnati- those that are following along at home though that is the first or south carolina is the first sec win yep just one yes right just the one just one right now like one and five i think <laughs> it's bad. um yeah uh cincinnati uh versus alabama in the goodyear cotton bowl classic from at&t stadium in arlington texas uh bama won this one big 27 to 6 um so really odd uh situation uh matt and i both had the same differential i think I forget who was – somebody was on the high side, some was on the low side, but it worked out to be seven points both ways. Uh, we took a poll before we figured out, you know, who was going to do what to see how the points should go, and we're gonna, we were going to do it where both people got the points. So Matt and I both got four points for that one. But anyway um, – Then let me have that one, could you, Wes? <laughs> sorry, man. Um, so, I know. Like I did with, with Matt and Jesse, I think you should go first in this one, obviously – uh, you're going to have a lot more detail for this one and a lot more thoughts. So what you got? I feel happy. Um, I think I was saying this before we started the show, but I was, I mean, I'm happy with a Bama win regardless, but I was very happy to win over Cincy. So now we can just shut that door. We can close that conversation. Um, I think we can do so feeling good about it, right? We know they wanted to play with the power five team. They played. We saw what happened, Um, but we were really doing what we could to minimize the impact of their cornerbacks. They have a couple of standout cornerbacks at Cincinnati, Ahmad Gardner and Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Um, And pretty much succeeded for the most part. I think this was the first game where I truly felt like Alabama's run game was finally back to the run game we have seen in previous years. And we just hadn't had that this season. Brian Robinson was back. He was rushing 26 times. Um, and Bryce Young was throwing a lot of short passes, safe passes, which is what I, as a Bama fan, have wanted him to do for a long time. Of course, when he lobs it down the field, we're, we're really excited, but I think those quick, short passes are really effective, um, and it's not something that we get to see a ton of, so I was really happy when um, Bill O'Brien decided to start calling those plays, but we were able Jesse, to- Jesse, did you say you were happy with Bill O'Brien? Th- this this once just this just wow. just once just this once right. that's it when i get that on, yeah. on recording nope never saying it again <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we were able to do a lot and really keep the ball away and keep um keep the the defenders on their toes um and really mix things up for them because it's not something that i think they prepared for it's not something we've done a lot of all season. So it's, you can't really watch a lot of film on that. Um, their quarterback was sacked six times and outside of a nine yard run on the opening play of the second half, never, never got to, to run all over us, which is something he's known for. So that was awesome too, trying to contain him, making sure that he couldn't scramble on us. He was 17 of 32 passing for 144 yards. Now let me get to my QB. Let's talk about Bryce Young. Bryce Young, your Heisman winner, if you did not remember that. Uh, he's 20 years old, sophomore, sophomore little babe, little bud. Oh, um, God, and he has, he has a chance as a 20-year-old to become the fifth Alabama quarterback in 13 seasons to win a national title 
as a first year starter. That's nuts. A first year starter. That's insane. Um, obviously, Mac Jones did that last year. Uh, Jay Coker did that. I'm pretty sure. Oh, gosh. Oh, I almost gosh. forgot about him. Right. I know. Most people forget about Coker. I did, too. Uh, <clears throat> but just amazing, um, amazing stat right there. He completed 17 of 28 passes for 181 yards in a in a playoff game, which is huge. Again, as a first year starter, as a Heisman winner, first year starter. And um yeah, we're really excited four weeks after setting an SEC championship game record of 421 yards passing uh, in the win over Georgia and three weeks after being the first Crimson Tide quarterback to ever win a Heisman. So this Bama team is, uh, is setting a lot of records. They are they're quite special. And I was really excited to see us adapt and kind of change up some things, like I said, on the run game and, and start throwing those short passes. And our defense did a great job as well. Jesse, the only thing that was missing from that was you uh, putting on this. I know these aren't shades, but putting on the shades and going, that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. <laughs> oh, man. Matt, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, since he has been sent back to the kids' table, like I said they were going to, um, I don't want to hear any more conversations about how non-Power 5 teams should be in the playoff until we've expanded it to eight teams. Then you can talk to me about it. Um, but no. Cincinnati doesn't and I, and I think we, we said that was going to happen I think I had the high score there Wes I you think did. you had the low score yeah. so yeah I knew Bama was going to beat that rear end and that's exactly what Bama's Bama did um you can't you can't expect to hang with the big kids when you don't have the tools that the big kids have Cincinnati showed up with a water gun everybody else had like knives and stuff so I I <laughs> That's I, what it was. No, I mean, I hate, that's the way it works. <clears throat> Cincinnati couldn't hang, and but, they didn't hang. And the reason why they got they lost but, by twenty-one. So I, I hear what you're saying, but Michigan got the same treatment. So <laughs> that was listen. Khaki pants didn't get his steak and milk that day or something. I don't know. Yeah, what that's there. true. That's true. I, I, it I was too I, hot. It was it, way too that's hot. True. As I did hear that too. I don't want to jump the gun there. Anyway, for 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 this one, uh, I don't have a whole lot to say on this. And obviously, Bama dominated. Um, but I mean, I think it even texted you guys late in the second. Jesse, you were in your cocoon of taking in the game and not wanting to say too much, not get too uh, too too crazy. Um, but yeah, it felt like at the end of the second, going into halftime, it was about to be a bloodbath. You could just get that sense that things were about to go really bad for Cincy, and and they did so. Um, so yeah, not even close. Um, so do they not belong? I don't know. Gosh, I I don't know who's to say, but, um, obviously, uh, you know, you know, the Bama showed up and, and I had a point to prove as well. So, um, all right. So, uh, let's talk about the second semifinal game. And that was Georgia versus Michigan in the capital one orange bowl from hard rock stadium in Miami gardens, Florida. Uh, Georgia winning this one 34 to 11. Uh, I got the points in this one. Um, I was really pleased to see Georgia come out and take control of this game pretty much from the start. Um, <clears throat> Michigan's only touchdown against Georgia came against the backups with less than five minutes in the game. Um, so Stetson Bennett. So he's got a lot of talk, both some good, but a lot of bad. Some of it's been me. I've, I'm not going to lie. Some of it has been I, I have doubted him. But, you know, Stetson's used to that. He's used to being uh, being doubted. Um, he had a great game through the air uh, and on the ground uh, when he needed to. 
threw some absolute dimes. Are you watching the, you know, ball placement uh, where he, he uh, threw some balls, uh, really great throws uh, for most of the night. Um, still a few head scratchers every now and then, but for the most part, good ones. Um, it's really kind of amazing. Like, like I just said, what he's been through. Um, it's not like he's just gotten there and he's just being doubted this season, right? Like he's been at Georgia for a long time and like he's been, doubted the entire time when he was there before then he went to juco and uh when he came back he he was doubted then uh you know again uh due to his small size and you know you know perceived weaknesses and stuff but you know honestly all he's done is uh, just kind of use that i think and he continues to make plays and leads the dogs to a national championship and earned the uh, orange bowl mvp in the process um, and if you just want to look at the stats, I mean, he went 20 for 30 for 313 yards and three touchdowns. And like I said, he had some scrambling yards in there as well, uh, to make him dangerous that way as well. So I thought it was interesting. Uh, Kirby smart, uh, refused the Gatorade bath at the end, which I thought was pretty cool. He's like, no, I'm not celebrating right now. Cause we got a lot of work to do. We got more stuff to be done. So we're not going to celebrate this right now. This, this is what we should do to get to where we want to go. So, uh, Matt, you're shaking your head. Let's start with you first. What, uh, what are your uh, thoughts on this one? I, I, Jim Harbaugh is back on my crap list. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, he had one freaking job to do here. <laughs> one job with the best Michigan team that's existed in like 15 years. And a 23 loss to Georgia and making Stetson Bennett look like he's Bryce Young. Uh, just, this is unacceptable. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very disturbed. I'm angry. I'm perturbed. I'm disappointed. Um, Wes, you know, I love you. I, I love <laughs> you to death. And I, I, w- I want great things for you. But Thank God almighty, the absolute <laughs> last thing I want to do is celebrate a Georgia national championship. I would rather see Bama win the next 15 straight. Wow. See Georgia and that's and, and, and Bama is Tennessee's more natural rival. And, and, and What's that the is deal? Fine. But I've, I've become desensitized to Bama winning national championships. They've won 45 in the last 20 seasons. I don't care. Um, I just – the hate and vitriol I have for the University of Georgia has no bounds. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. And I, 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 I wish nothing but uh, 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 hellfire and damnation on all of them. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wes. I, again, it's not against you. I wish no, to goodness no. you were you were another fandom, so I wouldn't have to feel. We've, I feel guilty. Like when I have bad thoughts about the <laughs> University of Georgia, the second thought I have in my head is I feel bad for thinking that because Wes is in there. I legit do. But well, I, I appreciate I that for what that's worth. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is the last thing I wanted to happen. I. You should be scared. You should be freaking out right now, Jesse. I am. You know how I'm hard it is to beat. Culture. You know how hard it is to beat a team that you already played once in the season, twice in the same season. Tennessee LSU in two thousand one is a prime example of why you don't want to play the same team twice in the same season. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's where we're at. Also, well. I hate Georgia so much. Flames. So much. Flames all around my face. Flames. Flames. <laughs> I hate them so much. And now, honestly, khaki pants. If you can't do this, go to the NFL. Go back. Please. You might be. He might go. Yeah, he's probably going to go to the Raiders. You have let me down. um, And I had low expectations for you. But you let me down. And I I think it's rude, first of all. I think it's very rude. And I don't want to play Georgia again. I don't. We're going to. I'm not excited about it. 
and to all the Georgia fans listening, before Monday, <laughs> don't text me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> on Monday, honestly, on Tuesday, let's just say uh, the rest of 2022, we're not on speaking terms. I don't want to talk to you. Wes, this doesn't go to you. I was going to say, honestly, Jack, the, the holidays are going to be really awkward, Jesse. So. I know. And honestly, Jack <laughs> Lunum, it doesn't go to you either. You both are lovely humans and the only Georgia fans I actually like. The rest, don't talk to me. I don't talk yep. to you. Yep. Even yep. if even if yep. Bama dominates. Cosign. I don't talk to you. Cosign. Well, my only hope, and, and we'll talk we'll talk about this later, but my, my only hope is that Georgia and Hope have been going to couples therapy. So um, I'm just hoping that they're moving through uh, some of their issues, but uh, but we'll talk about that later. Jesse, um, what are we going to do if they win this game? What is this we um, stuff? What like, <laughs> like honestly, how, I'm how how are we supposed to be okay with this? Wes, just I think I'm just going to start mute, hosting just take your headphones holidays. off for a minute. Me and Jesse need to have a conversation. Yeah. Like, what are we supposed to do if this fandom wins a national championship? They already I, talk too much crap as is. I think I have to delete the internet. Oh, my God. The whole internet. I don't want to play this game. <sighs> I don't either. We did it once. You know- That's all I needed. And now I have to do it again. And it's just a lot of pressure. Yeah. My mental health is at stake. Although a lot of people are, are angry about the rematch, and but you know honestly, if you if you don't want the rematch, um, you should be really mad at Auburn because they're the ones who had the chance to really uh, put this thing away. And if they beat Bama, we're probably not having this conversation. Um, what are you talking about? Auburn's our last great, last best hope. <laughs> because if it weren't for Auburn, then then. We, we we would be looking at, at at a coronation next week, not not an actual game. Yeah, maybe. Who would they, who would they I, look? No, 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 maybe no, play no. Michigan. <laughs> Are you telling me? Georgia I don't know. Can, uh, we just saw what happened with Georgia Michigan. Right. Who would who would who would have been in, in there in, in that spot instead of Bama? Who was number five? I don't remember. Was it Oregon? Who um, was it? Um, gosh, who, who was who was I, there? Um, shoot. Um, hold on. No. Yeah. Uh, dang it. I can't remember it was, how quickly we forget. It was Oregon. Yeah. So, so you would have had, you'd have had, oh God, you would have had Michigan at one. You would have had Georgia at two. You would have had Cincy at three, or maybe those two would have been flipped around Cincy at three and Oregon at four. So you would have had Georgia, Michigan in the national championship game. And that would um, no, 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 no. Number five was Notre Dame. Oh, even yeah, worse. worse. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, it, it went Notre Dame, then Ohio State. Yeah, because remember, Oregon had that big loss at the end. So oh, they dropped, right. they dropped way down. So no, it was uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, et cetera. But um, see, I'm in the lake of fire now. This is where I'm at. I'm swimming <laughs> in the lake of fire because God help us. Well, <laughs> Wes, this the title of this I, album I, I, or of this I, episode either needs to be "Swimming in the Lake of Fire" or it needs "They Brought Knives." Your I can't, choice. <laughs> I can't. Just the visual of just swimming in lava. There is just yeah. Um, all right, I'm not going to get bogged down here. I'm not going to get bogged down here. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
All right, next, uh, Penn State versus Arkansas, the Outback Bowl from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Um, Arkansas winning this one pretty big, 24 to 10. So SEC showing up uh, in a game outside of the semifinals. Um, so uh, I got two points for that. Um, yeah, both both these teams, like in the first half, were struggling to get things going. Uh, Arkansas apparently was ready to play in the second half, though, um, and they scored 17 points to Penn, Penn State's zero. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like another great performance. And and how about that Razorback defense, you know? Uh, Barry Odom uh, getting them ready, shutting them out in the second half. Uh, what a turnaround for Arkansas, guys. Like, in 2020, they went three and seven. And then this year they finished nine and four, their first nine win wow. season uh, since 2011. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, what, what a, what a turnaround. And honestly, I can't remember who went first last time. So who wants to go, who wants to go first? Yes, he can take it. Go for it. Oh, okay. Um, no, I mean, KJ Jefferson had his streak of 171 consecutive passes without an interception end um on his second throw of the game when Jair I hope I'm saying his name right Jair Brown picked off like I said the second throw in the first quarter uh Jair Brown finished with two interceptions and the Penn State defensive end Smith Vilbert had three sacks on Jefferson um Arkansas safety Joe Foucha had an interception in the end zone and a sack during the second half so a lot was happening, um, a lot of turnovers, as we can see, two for Penn State, two for Arkansas, but tons of yards um, offensively, Arkansas with 451. So it's like you said, it truly is that sort of Cinderella story. I mean, they weren't in uh, the top four, but by no means does that put any shade on, on how cool this story is. I mean, Sam Pittman, what a coach. And I have to bring it up again because I brought it up with Coach Leach. But when you get to these bowl games, I think there's a lot of reasons that coaches may not want to play in them, right? We have people sitting out because of NFL. We have people going to the transfer portal. We also have people, injuries, COVID, all of that is happening. Um, And these guys are not necessarily required to play this game. And I think some of the coaches take advantage of that. But uh, Coach Pittman said, we need to thank Penn State. Penn State had a lot of guys go to the NFL and Coach Franklin elected to play the game. I respect that big time. So it sounds to me, as the second coach that's talking about this for a different reason, that there is some options to bow out of the game. um, And there are coaches that refuse to do it. And then there are those that don't. And I know we'll get there, but I'm just starting to tee it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt, your your thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get the Sam Pittman imitation out of the way. Yes, sir! Um, yeah, nine wins. Uh, you know, this was a special Arkansas team. Um, Pitt, I remember when Pittman got hired, all of us were like, the O-line coach from Georgia? <laughs> like, he, he's not even been a coordinator, and you're going to hire the O-line coach for Georgia? Okay, Arkansas. I guess y'all are putting all your money into basketball. Um, but apparently we were wrong because old Sam Pittman's turned out to be a pretty good football coach. Um, so, I mean, kudos to him. Uh, Penn State kind of faltered there towards the end of the season. Um, but, I mean, that's still a, I hate to say this, a quality Big Ten team. Um, but, again, I, I think it's the little feather in the cap of the uh, Arkansas season. You know, you, you can't 
shuffle your nose at, at a nine win season. You just can't, especially when you play in the hardest conference in the country. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, no, it's it's a great story. Um, really, really happy for Sam. It's so such a cool thing. Um, Three hundred fifty three yards of rushing is a lot, though. Yes, it's, it's a lot. That's so, um, there's, there's there's that. That's uh, dictating your will. <laughs> uh, that means the hog mollies down in the trenches were pushing people around a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, let's talk about Iowa versus Kentucky in the Verbo Citrus Bowl from Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Um, Kentucky. Yeah, they pulled this one out. Uh, Twenty to seventeen. Uh, both Jesse and I had the same margin of victory. Uh, so we both get two points for this one. Um, I said Kentucky would get to 10 wins this year. I, I honestly said that for the season though. So I guess I wasn't technically correct, but Hey, bowl win got them there. Um, and they, uh, they finally did that. Uh, what a year that they put together, you know, all things considered, uh, this game, this game was a, a heavyweight fight. I think that, um, I kind of anticipated that, um, talking about just the personality of these two teams and what they want to do. Uh, Kentucky in that fight just happened to land the last blow. <laughs> uh, and I think I, I texted you guys during the game, but like have a day, Wandale Robinson. I mean, what a, what a yeah. game, 10 catches, 170 yards. Um, and then Chris Rodriguez got, had over hundred yards on the ground, including the game winning touchdown, uh, with a minute 48 left. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- that was, uh, it was a really entertaining game. Um, I was, um, Excited to see Kentucky uh, pull it out and, and represent the SEC against a really, you know, for the most part, a, a quality Iowa team. So, um, so Matt, let's start with you this uh, this time. What are your thoughts on uh, on this game? Well, first off, it made me kind of giggle a little bit when I saw Kirk Ferentz look so sad at the end of this game because <laughs> dude's been at Iowa since like 1968. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he's won some ball games there. Right. Um, the the kind of the stat I didn't have a chance to watch the game, but the stat line that kind of jumped out at me was uh, Spencer Petrus, who's the Iowa quarterback, threw three picks in this game. Um, you take those three picks off and convert at least one of them to points. The, the outlook of this game's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos to Kentucky for um, you know playing their game, doing what they need to. The other thing that really stood out to me when I looked at the stat line for this was time of possession. Iowa had 22 minutes of of possession. Kentucky had 37, almost mm-hmm. 38. So really kind of maintaining the flow of the game, controlling the ball, playing the game on your terms, uh, which is exactly what you would expect um, uh, Kentucky's coach to want to do. So kudos to Stoops. Uh, again, Kentucky continues to build. Um, one of these days they may mess around and win the East, uh, and that would be interesting to see. I would hate that for Tennessee, um, but that would be uh, – That'd be an interesting trip to Atlanta for Kentucky, I think. Yeah, I mean, they were uh, undefeated when they came to Georgia. What was it? Both teams were 6-0 and or something like that. Yeah, that um, was, that was, yeah I think it was week six. Yeah. Week yep. seven. So, yeah. Jesse, they had a great season this season, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesse, your thoughts? Yeah, I think – I mean, I feel like a broken record, but I know they were without several players, down several key players, mind you, because of COVID and other injuries. And – with those players out, it's like you mentioned, they needed big games from Chris Rodriguez and Wondell Robinson, and they got them from both of them. Uh, I know you mentioned, but over 100 yards for both of those guys, especially the one from uh, Robinson, where it was a 52-yard completion that set up the game-winning um, touchdown. So 
just awesome performance from those guys. I think also defensively an awesome performance. Uh, this Iowa team was nothing to scoff at. They had done a really good job and forcing three interceptions, you know, coverage or, or being there, making sure that you're getting hands on the ball is, is a great thing. So uh, kudos to them. This is another really cool story, really cool program developing in the SEC. For sure. All right. Um, let's go ahead and get to what? Nothing. I just know where we're going next. And oh yeah, yeah. Baylor. It, it Baylor versus sad. Ole Miss. The All State Sugar Bowl from Caesar's Superdome in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Which, um, as I said, uh, Caesar did not stay there. So if you were wondering, um, Baylor won this one, twenty-one to seven. Nobody got the point. And guys, I know we talk about this a lot on on the show. If you're wondering why guys skip bowl games, this is like the epitome of the reason why um, Ole Miss's third series, uh, Matt Corral was sacked from behind, rolled up on uh, after afterwards. He couldn't put weight on his right foot. Um, and uh, you know, obviously you could see him on the sidelines on crutches after that, watching the rest of the game um, they had Stop to bring it. in. Yeah. Yeah. They had to Stop bring, it. had to bring in freshman uh, Luke Altmeyer. Uh, which what I saw of him, he looked pretty good. Um, I, I know he had a tip pass. It was intercepted and returned for like a 96 yard touchdown, um, which is the longest in Sugar Bowl history, by the way. Um, but uh, it really felt like the team was kind of deflated after he went. I mean, understandably so. Obviously, I know they, they mentally they understand that they have to put one foot in front of the other and continue. But I know that's tough. I know Kiffin even said that uh, he probably let the team down a little bit. Uh, he was really sad uh, for Matt after that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I hate to see that. Best of luck to Matt Corral. I, you know, we wish him um, a, a full recovery. Hopefully his draft stock is not affected too much, um, and he hopefully he has a bright uh, future ahead of him. Uh, hate to see that for sure. But, yeah, that's, that's, why, um, that's why you see this. That's why you see guys uh, – you know, skip out on games and, and I know uh, they get flagged for it. Uh, but at the same time, when you see stuff like this, I, I can completely understand it. So, um, so yeah, Jesse, let's start with you this time. What were your thoughts on, on the sugar bowl? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest story was obviously <laughs> Matt Corral and I have not been shy about saying I'm not a Matt Corral fan. I'm not an old Miss fan. I'm not a Lane Kiffin fan. I'm just not, I'm not there. But I had a lot of respect going into this game that Matt Corral wanted to play it because he does have a high draft stock um, or did. And I hope he still does. But he wanted to finish this out with his team and really be a leader on his team. And I thought that was so amazing. And knowing that something like this could happen and, and did end up happening to him, you could see his emotion on the sideline. Like I said, he was visibly sobbing on the sideline and it just broke your heart. And I think you could see the way that it affected his teammates. He clearly is a leader on that team, not just for the offense, but overall a leader on that team and, and kind of helps set the tone, helps people get their head right when things start to shift in momentum and, and ground that team. And so I, I think that was a huge, huge turning point. Had they not knocked out Matt Crow, I don't know that this game would have gone the way it did. My kudos to Luke Altmeyer to step in as a, a freshman and, and come in in a situation where you definitely did not think you were going to play and to have to just take over all that responsibility, fill those very large shoes. It's not easy to do. And he did. He looked 
he looked pretty decent. I mean, yeah, he had some flaws, but of course he's going to. It's not he hasn't had a lot of time of possession at all. So kudos to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to see, right? Like it's you hate to see it. Um and unfortunately the defense for Ole Miss was just not able to shut down Baylor's offense. So we'll see what happens. Uh again, I hope Matt Crawl's draft stock is still as high as it was. I think of someone like Tua Tungavaloa who did get hurt right before, you know, he went into the NFL draft. They were still unsure about how he was healing and he was still drafted and is now a starting quarterback in the NFL. So hopefully that's the case uh, for Mr. Corral as well. And Tua had a really severe injury too. What is it? Hmm. Hip, Bad hip. Uh, it was a Bad. hip dysplasia i think is what they was called it the whole thing just basically it was just bad i just uh, i compared that to like a car accident it was yeah it was really bad it was a bad hit too um yeah i just looked it up guys matt corral's uh this is an article that came out of si three days ago matt corral's uh injury was just a sprained ankle so it it shouldn't mess with his um mess with his draft stock at all so he didn't tear anything nothing got broken so he should be uh he should be okay Mm mm-hmm Good, good. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, like, I know he's even said as much, Jesse, you were talking about him being a leader, and he's even said as much down the stretch. That's why he's played hurt. He's had ankle issues a lot of this year, uh, yeah. but has played through them. Um, and he talked about it. He was like, because the guys are looking at me, and I want them to see that I'm going to play tough, I'm going to play through stuff, and I'm going to be there uh, even when I don't necessarily feel my best. And I want that to be an example to them being like, well, you know, he's the quarterback, you know, if he can do it, you know, I, maybe I can do it too. You know, just that whole mentality yeah. uh, to that he tries to bring to the whole team. Matt, what do you, what does that do to your team's psyche when the leader kind of goes down like that? Well, I mean, we saw what happened in that particular game. Um, it's, it's hard to come back from that. Um, this is a guy that is the nucleus of that entire uh, offense. He's the guy that runs the plays. He's the guy that is leading the team down the field. And it's just, it's hard to recover from that. And, it, it, you know, um, uh, oh, where was the quote? I just had it in front of me. Jerry Neely said, quote, we were devastated, but we still had a game to play. I mean, if it's hard to walk that back. Um, and then for a freshman to come in, you know, in the sugar bowl to put the team on your back like that, it's, it's a tall it's a tall bill. There's not a lot you can do there. So a kudos to Matt Corral for, for sticking it out. Um, there's going to be, there's been a lot of discussion. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet just got himself in trouble a couple of days ago talking about how you mm-hmm. know these guys that are opting out should be playing. And there's been a lot of conjecture back and forth on what people should do and what they shouldn't do. But at the end of the day, and this is just my personal opinion, at the end of the day, it's a business decision. I can either, do safeguard my future and and i know i'm going to get drafted somewhere and these guys know they know exactly where they're going it's not like they're willy-nilly saying well i'll go third round whatever it'll be fine they they know that which round they're going in they know where their stock is so it's it's a business decision and and we hate to say that because you know college football is supposed to not be about money but unfortunately college football like most sports or like most things in life revolve around money so in this case matt crowd gambled it cost him not too much we hope but i mean you can't begrudge the kid you know from making a business decision it's like when people transfer like it's like when all those guys transferred from tennessee last season 
I, I wasn't real thrilled with it, but I also understood it's a business decision. Uh, you know, Henry Toa Toa going to Alabama hurt like hell, but at the end of the day, it was a business decision. He's trying to get to the league. The best place to go is to Bama to go, get in the league. Um, you do what you have to. I mean, it stinks, but it is what it is. It's tough, right? Like I, I see both sides, obviously. I see you wanting to finish out with your team. I see, especially if you're a senior, that it's not going to the draft. You want to you wanna do well. You want to finish out. You want all of those guys that got you there to be there with you when you're on that field and give you the best chance of having a winning game to finish out your entire football career. I get that. I also get that it sucks because for teams like this who are not playing in a playoff game, they can sit out. Imagine, imagine Stetson Bennett saying, I'm going to sit out or, or Pickens or imagine, God forbid, Bryce Young, anybody that's playing in a playoff spot decide that they're going to sit out. That's not going to happen. That sucks. There's a natty on the line. So it is tough, right? Because the ones who are in the biggest game of their lives thus far don't get a chance really to sit out. They could, but they're not going to. And then the lower ones, they can get a chance to sit out. So I see it both ways. You're absolutely right. It is a business decision. There is a big chunk of change difference between going top 15 and going somewhere in the second round. Huge difference. Um, And an injury factors into that. You know how you Mm -hmm. fix that? How do you fix it? I think you and me are on the same wavelength. More playoff games. Bingo! <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Make them meaningful. Yeah, exactly. Listen, nobody, nobody wants to blow out their ACL and lose draft stock because you got hurt in the Boca Raton Bowl. Like in nobody the wants ticket that. smarter Birmingham Bowl? Like nobody wants that. So make the bowl games mean something. And then if you get these rinky-dink, you know, Sam's Garage Bowl in, I don't know, Portsmouth, Iowa, then okay, fine. You can... You can opt out of that. Nobody's going to care, but you can't opt out of the sugar bowl. You can't opt out of the Rose bowl. You can't. Right. And and then at that point you're talking about um, instead of, you know, like top 10 teams in the country with people sitting out, you're talking about like, you know, teams that finish six and six and are just barely making it and stuff like that. Those guys are probably going to sit out. Whereas these teams that have a shot at playoffs, no matter what you make that number, um, yeah. if it's if it's a lot more uh, playoff games or at least a decent more a decent amount more playoff games, you're you're not having that discussion. So, um, all right. Um, so the final SEC bowl game was uh, actually last night as we record LSU versus Kansas State, the Tax Act Texas Bowl from NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. Yeah. LSU made a bowl game. So they finished six and six Barely. to play to play the seven and five <laughs> Kansas State. Sorry, um, <laughs> if you're an LSU fan. I'm sorry, I had to take that. I um I felt bad for their um interim coach. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name, but he's like the O line coach. But you know, put it in in such a bad situation. I mean, um, he's first of all, all right. Well, obviously, I haven't said the score yet, but Kansas just dominated this one, forty two to twenty. That is not indicative of the feel of this game, because I think a lot of those points for LSU were scored later on. Uh, LSU only had 38, 39 scholarship players available for this game, including one, only one quarterback, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, uh, whose backup is listed as Tavion Falk. Anyway, um, instead, yeah, instead of, um, I guess, 
putting him at risk or whatever, they decided to start Jontre Kirkland at quarterback, a wide receiver who has not played quarterback since high school. Um, awesome. So that went about as you might expect. Um, although he did throw three touchdowns, um, but he only threw the ball 11 times, completed seven of them. That's a pretty good average. Completed seven passes yeah, for three touchdowns. Your rating's pretty good. Yeah. And two of those um, were interceptions. So technically, he completed it a bunch of he times. Completed a bunch of passes. Nine of 11. Yeah. So um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, like I said, a lot of those points came later on. Uh, Kansas State just dominated this one. It wasn't even real, really close. Um, Matt, did you have any thoughts on this one? I know um, you were surprised to see LSU in a bowl, bowl game. As no, I, I think many I, of us were. I, I remembered LSU was in a bowl game. Yeah. Um, but eesh, that's, that's, uh, that's rough because nobody wakes up and says, oh, Kansas State's a great football team. Eh, it's not 1999. They're not rocking the same way they were. So, um, yeah, LSU's in a weird place. You know, that's that transition. They're bringing in um, Brian Kelly. Brian uh, Kelly. Yeah, he wants to hang out with his family. <laughs> God, <laughs> I I wish they did. Wish they did Listen. talk to him about. By the way, he was in the booth, and they did discuss that with him. The Why fake accent. If you're, if you're, you should be on. The, uh, I okay. I guess they're still to be on the field, right? Because then it's like, do you talk to the interim head coach and be like, uh, 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 like you can't do that. You gotta be, you gotta be away. Or just be standing there with like a clipboard and be like, "Uh, I wouldn't do that. Did they (laughs) they ask him about the uh, family thing? They They did. did. They did actually talk about the the game. I didn't even know the game was on. Yeah, it was, it was, it was something to see. That's for sure. Um, No, um, he um he admitted that uh, he's like yeah I am from uh, Massachusetts and he was just talking about how he's trying to uh, he's just trying to blend in he's trying to assimilate himself oh. and his family into uh, into the culture as it were so um, see that just comes off as um, there's assimilation and then there's pandering he was yeah, pandering he's pan family. that gold and yellow i just i love the his ability to to turn it off and on at at will it's just yeah it's It's not even a good one it's not not good it's awful oh oh, hold on so that's not the only good thing they they also asked him about the um i don't know if you've seen um they just had a a five-star quarterback uh, commit to lsu and um uh, he was seen the two of them were together standing back to back uh dancing um while the camera pans around them and the and the two of them are dancing oh yeah that and i saw that it's brian kelly's awful. doing his his whatever you call that his old white man boy dance old, old white man dance old white yeah. man dance yeah and um they're like like what's up with that and he's like well when your five-star quarterback says you need to dance for a video you just do it so um <laughs> could you imagine nick saban doing that for a recruit <laughs> Nick Saban did the Cubit Shuffle for a recruit. Oh my god! A couple that's, of years ago, there was a video wedding. Wasn't it? Shuffle. Wasn't there uh-uh. a wedding? He's at a recruit's house. Oh man, I just lost some respect for to Nick. be to be a fly on the wall there. Um, I bet he got that back when that kid got on campus, though. <laughs> He's making that kid run wind sprints. Not so funny now. Making the Cubit <laughs> Shuffle is it? Run, you son of a gun! Yeah, no, yeah, that's. But he also got the recruit, so I don't think he. Can. Yeah. So yeah, so that was interesting. Um, uh, Jesse, did you have any thoughts on this game? I mean, 
it's embarrassing. Um, but a good win, a first bowl victory for Kansas State's head coach, Chris Kleiman. Um, and their running back's name is Deuce Vaughn, so that's kind of fun. And he exploded for 146 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Their quarterback, Skylar Thompson, threw for 259 yards and a trio of scores, Ooh. including one to Deuce. And, uh, yeah, I think LSU had hoped to carry sort of some positive momentum from their upset win over Texas A&M. Uh, in that finale of the of the regular season, but that didn't happen because of transfers, injury, um, and they just haven't been good this year. So, I love I love that. That's the third point. They're just, they're just not good. They're <laughs> so, not good right now. You know, yeah, I know. It's, I, I completely agree. It's um, it's, uh, like we said, uh, kind of about Florida. It's one of those interesting situations where you have the transition period. You just sort of getting, it sounds weird to say, let's just get through the bowl game, but that's kind of what you're seeing with a lot of these teams, especially yeah. ones going through a coaching change. So, um, so yeah. All right. Well, that does it for the, uh, for the bowl games, uh, current pick em standings. Uh, I've got 52, Matt's got 40 and Jesse has 38. So I think, I think that's it. Sorry. But um, <laughs> I think that's it. I, I, no, I, I, I mean, I was trying to do the math and I was like, well, the last game is no. worth six. So unless there's a way to lose points, which I don't think we figured that in. I don't know. So anyway, hey, I don't I don't think I've won before. For, wait a minute now, Wes, this is the first year you've actually won in it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. 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 I was going to say this last is, season. I, no, no, won no last Matt season. won last season. Oh, OK. Yeah. And then I think you won the season. I, th- I think you won the season before that. And then I think the first season we we weren't doing this. And I can't. Yeah. yeah. So I can't remember what we did the second season. I don't know. Anyway. So, yeah. So congratulations. Right. Woohoo. Yay. Um, <clears throat> all right. So um, I know there's some news floating out there, uh, but I don't really have anything of substance right now. Because uh, we also we, we just have a lot more to talk about too. Um, let's Saban, go ahead. Saban, Saban did weigh in on whether the playoffs should be expanded or not. Yeah. Well, he kind of weighed in. He basically said it's not his decision. <laughs> I was going to say that's he, what I heard. He, he did say, "Why would you want to expand it? Look what happened in the semifinals." Um, Essentially, he's not wrong. Because both those were blowouts. So this is um, this is true, but I mean, gosh, I mean, I don't know. But I still... more of those, more of those caliber teams would be playing each other, mm-hmm. theoretically. Uh, also, a little little tidbit: uh, this was the 15th anniversary of when Saban walked into Tuscaloosa. So, yay! And yeah, all right, yeah, no, you can, <laughs> you, can no? you can tell no one... you can. He could tell me and Wes are real excited about that one, Jesse. And and the and the rest of the country has been in misery ever since. So and the rest of the, <laughs> um, the, the, the Saban effect has ruined college football. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. So, oh, right. let's let's move well, to the opinions. Well, I was going to say while we're sharing strong opinions, let's just go ahead and get to our opinion segment. So, if I may venture an opinion, I'm not really interested in your opinion, three PO. Yeah, well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, so this one, yeah. Oh man! Wait a minute! There's, wait, 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 wait! I feel like where's my tinfoil at? I gotta, <laughs> I gotta find my tinfoil. <laughs> Dang it! I don't have it. Gosh, Matt, this. Matt, without a prop, it's just so sad. Um. Anyway, so all right, let, let's pose a question here. Did someone, or perhaps a group of people within Texas A&M's leadership, 
pull the team out of the bowl game on purpose. I know uh, it was what, you know, it was COVID was, was what was mentioned as the reason, uh, lack of players, et cetera, et cetera. But let's, let's look at this a little bit closer, okay? Their quarterback is in the transfer portal, uh, Zach Calzada, with another quarterback coming off injury, uh, Haynes King. And then you have your other QBs are fresh, untest- or, you know, fresh and untested. Currently, Texas A&M has the number one recruiting class right now. And, uh, you know, there might be a little bit of trying to maintain that image instead of getting trounced by Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. Do you guys think that that could be a thing? Who do you want to go first? Um, Jesse, you look like you're super eager. So I want to already know what her answer is. Uh, yeah, because I brought this up when we watched Florida. As right. soon as I heard that A&M was pulling out of this bowl, this my wheels started turning. And of course, I hate Jimbo Fisher, but it goes beyond that. Because I, as I mentioned, and was kind of threading this storyline throughout the show. So many teams had injury, had people sitting out for the NFL and had COVID issues and they still played. Right. It it wasn't necessarily what they wanted to do, but their players deserve to be there. They earned a spot there and they wanted to play. You have an 80 man roster and you can't come up with, with enough players. Yeah. They're not going to be the cream of the crop necessarily, but (laughs) unless you started a wide receiver at quarterback. (laughs) Exactly. And they had just lost to LSU to finish out the regular season. Not a great look. QB goes into the transfer portal. Other QB still fresh off injury. If maybe still even injured. And then you have QBs that are not, have not gotten any playing time. And you got a number one recruiting class. You're not going to tell me that there's not even a little bit of a chance that they were nervous that they were going to lose a bowl game. They found the perfect, excuse with covid and decided well we'll we'll just play and lose no jimbo fisher's not gonna do that he's not gonna lose to wake forest in the gator bowl he's also not gonna risk any of his players getting hurt because he needs them absolutely not you're never gonna be able to convince me that this was not some sort of a conspiracy i'm bought in (laughs) i've i've got my tinfoil hat on i am i am here and the AM fans can hate me all they want. I don't care. <laughs> um, because you've seen enough coaches mention how much they respect the coaches that decided to play. Right. And to me, that seems strange. Right. Because you don't hear that in the past couple of years. You don't hear them say, I really appreciate them showing up and de- deciding to play. Was it a decision? Matt, the conspiracy theories that are being bandied about right now are just absolutely ridiculous and overblown. Listen, you're telling me there's a smoke-filled room in Aggieland in the room where, where it a bunch happened. of where where yeah 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 where a bunch of bunch of boosters and Jimbo have all got their their boots kicked up on a on a on a table, drinking bourbon, saying yeah, dude, to Clay, I don't think we should play in this game. You're telling me that's happened. Exactly. I don't buy. I don't believe that for a second. Surely Jimbo Fisher, who is a known competitor, would take whatever strides he had to to get into. I just, 
you can, I can't have a hard time imagining that a football coach said, yeah, I don't Gator want Gator Bowl. He was excited about the Gator Bowl. The Gator Bowl has a very extensive history. Matt, I can't tell if you're serious or joking. I'm not. I'm totally <laughs> making it up. I'm just playing around. I'm, we all know that they pulled out of this thing because Jimbo didn't want to look bad. Come on now. Jimbo Fisher we're talking about. Yes! He, he does not need help looking bad. Christmas treat in 2019, for God's sake. It just... His his other one got broken, Matt. He had Whatever. to get a replacement. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, I I I I agree with Jesse. I was just playing earlier. Um, the tinfoil hats do need to come on here. Yeah, uh, not not a doubt in my mind that Texas a said, you know what, we don't want to risk our number one recruit class or looking bad, and it's the Gator Bowl. Mm-hmm. We're out of this thing. So all right, they so use, I, they use COVID as cover. So we are. Th- Hundred percent, three for three on this, then because well, I am, I am, you. oh, you're I am a hundred percent on board with this yeah, because you, I, I mean, it makes sense, right? If you sit back and you just yeah. look at what's going on here, look, you, you're probably not going to have any good options at quarterback. Um, you have the number one recruiting class, like you said, if you have the current one uh, number one recruiting class intact, you're not going to risk blowing that apart by losing probably by a lot to Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl, as you mentioned. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't think that they wanted to risk that. I don't, th- I don't know if it was Jimbo. I mean, I'm sure he had a big hand in it, but I think I, I don't know about a smoke filled room with bourbon and stuff, but it's probably something like that where uh, a smoke filled zoom call. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. J- Jimbo in, in his, uh, well, I was going to say, uh, he he can afford any any kind of house to sit in at this point, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 filled with smoke and bourbon wherever it is. But um, although if you watch um, what is it those uh, SEC Network commercials, uh, doesn't he live in like some cabin or something? <clears throat> he's like grilling. He would. He totally would. <laughs> yeah. But um, just that just that just made Jesse angry just hearing that was. I know. I just ten million. What are you doing? I just right, right, yeah. So I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I completely agree a hundred percent. And I want to know more. I want somebody to do a deep dive into this and have one of those like 30 for thirties afterwards <laughs> <laughs> where, where we get the complete story. Call me. I will be in it. I volunteer, please. Yeah. You know, one of those where they like, they have the video of Jimbo and then it freezes and uh, turns to black and white, you know, where they, you know, paint him in a bad light and stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm 100% on board. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and talk about a little bit of uh, listener feedback, feedback that we had. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, so we've already talked about this a little bit, but the SEC went five and seven this season. Um, that um, would have been a 13 uh, number uh, complete if AM had played, but they didn't. Um, so um, what does that mean? So five and seven, does that mean that the SEC sucks or like, <laughs> I don't know, what do you guys, what do we take home from that five and seven? I don't know, whoever, just jump in. You don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, eh? I, uh, listen, I, I, I think it, what it boils down to is, is several of those games, <clears throat> Tennessee, uh, were poorly officiated and things didn't go the way they should have gone. That's one loss. That's what we take um, home from this. <laughs> that's what I'm taking home. Uh, and 
and you, you got to remember too that two or three of these games are programs that are in major transitions right now. That right. a couple of these programs are, you know, new first year head coaches. Although one one of them's a win, but you know, I think those it's it's a weird time right now in the SEC uh, where we're bringing in new people, old people are leaving, and it's just. I don't think that's indicative indicative of the strength of the conference. Because when you, you look want to know East, what is indicative of the strength of the conference, the fact that the national championship is all SEC. Yeah, that right. that that kind of tells me something too. Well, and even we even talked about that um, when the teams were playing each other. We keep talking about, oh, what what if there's a Georgia Alabama rematch? But for you know, it, it was a, a a possibility that we could have no SEC teams in the yeah. national championship. But but here we are. Um, so, uh, by the way, this question was submitted by Teddy. Shout out to Teddy. I appreciate Thank that. You. But, um, but yeah, I think probably what it indicates, I think we used to pride ourselves on uh, the ability for uh, even uh, mid-tier teams and, and to some extent lower-tier teams in the SEC competing nationwide. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily the case uh, now. Um, but I, I, it's a good point as well about teams that are in um, transition, which we, we do have uh, a few of those right now that are historically good teams uh, that are going through a transition. And so um, we'll, we'll see. I think it's more of an indication of the state of a few of the teams in the SEC that typically do well. And also um, it's a little bit top heavy uh, right now. You got your yeah. teams, your Bamas and your Georgias. Um, that are are going to do well and then you have the others um, mid-tier to lower tier um, that aren't going to necessarily represent well against other conferences so and then you have Vanderbilt who didn't lose in a bowl game or they didn't (gasps) did y'all see speaking of Vanderbilt let me get back on my high horse for a minute did y'all see the tweet that Vanderbilt Athletics sent out after that game after the Tennessee pick no it's not um, can't say that I followed uh the Tennessee uh uh Purdue game they they put a graphic up or they put a picture up or a tweet up I can't talk because again the Fury's coming back um they put a tweet up that said teams that have won in Nissan Stadium this season and it was a check mark with Purdue and an X mark with Tennessee. And I'm like, what? Who's, what who are, is they? Who, who you, put this? Vanderbilt's athletic department. Oh, my. They tweeted that. And, oh, goodness, fall Twitter went to town. I I'm retweet. surprised they did that. Uh, they Me went. Too. They went. They went there. They did. I wonder if it's and since been deleted. That's just, it, yeah, I don't think so. I, 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 I'll look for it and send the tweet. Is that's it just, their football uh, Twitter? Or no, is it like overall? Their, I, I think it was their athletic department, if I remember correctly. It was. That's just a bad look. It was a hot, bloody mess because I got involved in it, and the rest of Duval Twitter went to town on it, like you would expect. It was. Yeah an awful awful take most people are like you guys didn't even make a bowl you didn't even win a con- for conference game this year sit down and shut up you know vandy's usually so chill about stuff that's yeah. um that's, nope, uh, that surprising is still there wow teams wow, that wow. won in nashville this year purdue checkmark vanderbilt checkmark tennessee x mark i'm shocked that got approved i am uh, i'm shocked it's still there okay <laughs> it'd be one of those where it uh, conveniently disappears later uh, I'm going to um, tag you guys in it right now. So okay. that, that way you can find it. Cause yeah. it is a uh, interesting tweet to say the least. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, 
Vandy's uh, athletic department do better on that. So be nice. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so that does it for our listener feedback. Let's uh, let's talk about the only upcoming game of next uh, next week, and that is the national championship. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right, yeah, that's uh, number three, Georgia, 13-1 and versus number one, Alabama, also 13-1. and The CFP National Championship presented by AT&T from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, by the way, that stadium is very imposing. If you've ever driven by it, it's just a big brick building. I love that stadium. It's, yeah. it's fantastic inside. It's a really nice looking stadium. And the hotel, like, literally connected to it. Great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just drove by it. Yeah, um, I've driven by it as well, and it is a, a impressive, an impressive building for sure. Beautiful field. Um, all right, so look, I mean, this one, I feel like it's been like analyzed like almost every single way you can imagine it at this point. Uh, yeah. Not only have these teams already played each other, but we've had some time now for people to discuss as well, and people have just torn it apart this way and that. Um, I think the answer to this one is simple. I mean, I think if the dogs can pressure Bryce Young and, you know, you know, sack him, get him to uh, make some throws that he doesn't want to make, I think they have a chance to win in this one. If they don't get pressure, I mean, you might as well just chalk this one up, put it in the history books for Bama, just like the SEC championship. I think it's kind of that simple. Now, look, I know Robinson had an incredible game against Cincy, not discounting their running game. But I think it starts with the pressure up front. And I think if they're able to get to Bryce Young, they're also going to be able to kind of disrupt the running game as well. So that pressure and that ability to control the line of scrimmage is going to be key, um, I think. Um, So we'll see who wins that battle in the line of scrimmage. Um, My only hope is that Georgia made some kind of adjustment, any any kind of adjustment uh, to slow Bama's offense, especially on the back end. Um, I know Mechie's out, so that's going to be a little bit different. Uh, but Jamison Williams uh, showed that it doesn't really matter. Um, he, he can uh, can make plays, um, you know, on his own too. So uh, it doesn't really matter. I don't think that's too much of a factor, honestly. Uh, to be honest with you, it's um it's going to be uh, a battle up front. That's going to be where things are decided. I think. Um, so I picked last game uh, between Bama and Georgia to reverse the juju, and uh, that didn't work. So that that logic's out the window. Um, I'm just going to pick what I want this time. I'm going Georgia 31 to 24. So, uh, Jesse, what is your prediction? And I'm going to go ahead and put it. Yeah. As I said, I did not want this to be the game. I wanted Bama, Michigan. I felt really comfortable with that. Uh, I don't feel comfortable. Uh, Like Matt mentioned earlier, it's really hard to play a team twice. Uh. Back in 2011, I think we probably all remember – uh, LSU was ranked number one and we were ranked number two. We played them at home in the regular season. It was a game of field goals. It was one of the worst games I have ever attended in my life. And we lost, but somehow because we were still in the BCS uh, system, we were able to go to a natty against LSU and we didn't let them get across the 50 yard line at all. I remember that. So worked out in my favor that time. Don't like this time. Um, but I am still going to pick uh, the Crimson Tide because I know you mentioned it. Obviously, they have to get pressure on our offense, but I think because we have started to expand it a little bit, it's not just that Bryce Young bomb down the field. We're able to, you know, 
connect with Ja'Cory Brooks. We're able to connect with Slade Bolden, get those short passes out there. We're able to get the run game going with Brian Robinson. So I do feel a little bit better about that. Hoping uh, that our offense clicks on all cylinders and that our defense is still there and that Will Anderson wrecks Stetson Bennett's life. So wow. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm hot. I can't lose to Georgia. I'd rather lose to Auburn. Well, you um, haven't for the past oh. seven times. So, I, would. I, mean. I just honestly would, but I'm picking the tide in a close one. 27 to 24. All right. Um, Matt, your, your thoughts. I, uh, I'm not going to make a pick. I'm going to use this time allotted to me to talk about how important it is to read with your children every night. You know, 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes here and there every couple of days is uh, just, just kidding. Um, and spay listen, and neuter your pets. That, yes, please that is, both neuter. are important. Both are very important. <laughs> um, anybody who knows me knows that I, I love football. I, I really enjoy talking football, but anybody that knows me personally knows I'm also a huge nerd. Um, so with that in mind, I've decided this year uh, as part of my resolution um, is I'm going to take more risks. Uh, so I'm going to take more risks this year. So I don't know if anybody recognizes what. Oh, stupid. Oh. This oh, yeah. is this. It's, the this, it, it's not ignore that. That's just the print. This is okay. a um, bag, a dice bag. So okay. what I'm going to do is <laughs> I am going to go into the bag and I'm going to remove several um, things. Hold on a minute. You're going into the Lane Kiffin bag yes. of tricks. Yeah, and okay. right. just Here we go. So what I've got is I've got a six sided die. Ah, I almost lost one. And it's no, I still got it. And then I'm also going to use the nine sided die because okay. this is D and D dice and we're nerds. So the, I'm going to pick my prediction based strictly off luck, nothing going into it, no analysis, just risk. And here we go. George is the red dice, Bama's the blue dice, and the score will be. Uh oh. What? You didn't. Bama oh. will win this thing 43 22. <laughs> there you go, I love kids. that outcome. I that pray is, to God that's the outcome. There, there's, there's my official pick, Matt. If that's what it ends up being, I just quit. I, I <laughs> officially retire. <laughs> you can't retire because then me and Jesse will be in charge, and the podcast won't go on. Um, oh man, what? Or a, it'll just be weird. Yeah, I, gosh, I, I just. Hmm. It's gonna... But in all seriousness, I do think Bama wins this thing by two touchdowns, but that's just me. I didn't see anything in the SEC championship game that made me think that Bama's going to be able to hang, or George is going to be able to hang, but weirder things have happened. That's a good point. Um, like I said, my only hope is that so I, I saw this happen with us in Auburn. Actually, when we went to the, the last national championship, we just got yep. blown out by them in the regular season and then actually had something for them in the SEC championship. Not really sure what changed, but, you know, obviously they analyze things and make adjustments. And that's, like I said before, uh, adjustments are going to be key, not only from last game to this game, but, you know, Stetson Bennett even mentioned it uh, when they were talking to him about, you know, what do you expect against Alabama? And he said, look, they may come out with something completely different, you know, against us than they did last time. And then at at that point, he said, I don't think they will, but if they do at that point, it's just going to be up to us to adjust. And that's, I think it's the same uh, for both teams, really. So we'll see who comes out doing what and who can make adjustments. So um, also, can we all just agree that making the game an 8 p.m. game on a Monday is oh, cruel? So, oh, I didn't realize so it was that late. Yeah, oh. it's so 8 bad. p.m. I wasn't going to watch it anyway, but 
Yeah. It sucks. It's on a Monday at eight o'clock. Don't it's laugh, Wes. I'm not kidding. I'm not watching that crap. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'll oh, watch man. the highlights after. I'll look at the stat line. I'm not watching that game. Jesse, you talk about you can't lose to Georgia. You know, I've had to put up with losing to Alabama for the last seven times. What? How do you like? What? I don't. At this point, it's yes, I want the dogs to win, but I also want them to win for people to just shut up, right? Trust me. Like, nope. Never mind. I don't mean you. I know you don't understand. I know you, that's not what you want. But mm-hmm. you know, from no, I want from that stand from that standpoint of I don't. I don't know if I think everybody. If you talk to most SEC fan, SEC team fans they're probably all going to root for bama maybe everyone else is just i think everybody else is like you are sensitized to bama winning national championships and nobody wants george it's kind of like well if we have to put up with somebody who's not us then let it be who it's been for the past like eight times the devil we know the devil we know right yeah so all right from that standpoint i understand that logic um it's still frustrating but i get it so um yeah, it, it's. I think uh, hopefully it'll be a good game. Um, if it's not a good game, I think it'll probably be favor, favor Bama because, well, we've seen this movie before. So, anyway, <laughs> seen this movie a couple times, Wes. Yeah, I, I don't even get tricked into it anymore. I used to get tricked into it thinking I was going to have a different outcome, but now it's like you know, um, expect the worst, hope for the best type of thing, um, and that's. That's my, um, gosh, I saw somebody who commented on one of our TikTok videos. Um, shout out to you guys, by the way. I appreciate everybody's feedback on, on TikTok. That's been really great. Uh, but somebody was like, um, that's how I watch all Georgia games now. I just sort of, I just sort of sit there and kind of just wait for something bad to happen. And then if it doesn't and good things happen, I'm just like really pleasantly surprised. That's pretty much how I watch Tennessee games too. It's like, oh, this is going to be awful. But oh, look, it's not so, oh, it's so awful. <laughs> Right. So, um, but see, here's the thing, here's the thing with Georgia is like, like, I get it. I get why people, um, enjoy to hate Georgia because I mean, that's what we do with our rival rival teams anyways, uh, other teams that are in the same conference, but it's funny. Everybody's like, Georgia's irrelevant. Georgia's this, Georgia's that. I'm like, Georgia's more relevant than most of the teams in the sec have been even for the past 40 years. Um, but yet they're openly mocked like every year just because, and, Let's be honest, and, and I'm going to say it, it hurts me physically to say this, but Nick Saban, probably the best coach to ever do it. Not probably, he is the best coach to ever do it. So the fact that Georgia is the runner-up is not even necessarily a slight or a cut. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. it's like you're a golfer playing in Tiger's prime, right? It doesn't mean that you're a terrible golfer or that you even you know can't, can't win the big one. It's just you're going up against someone who is the best. Um, and yeah. so, you know, I, obviously I hope Georgia wins, um, but, um, but we'll, we'll see, um, we'll see if Georgia can get that off their back as it were. So, um, you know, it, it's it, like I said, hopefully it'll be a, a fun one to watch for, for all, except for Matt, who's not gonna, not going to, so drink your coffee, people. It's going to be a late night. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I'm probably drinking some coffee, some, some black tea, maybe some, caffeinated other caffeinated beverages i don't know depends on how the game goes because if it turns a different direction you may start drinking something else uh, this is true that's a good point as well so all right that's for both of you because i could totally oh, i know i could totally see <laughs> oh, I know. jesse climbing into a bottle of wine after <laughs> losing to georgia oh I, man it might be bourbon <laughs> of course uh, if you drink bourbon jimbo's gonna show up if you say his name five times <laughs> 
Oh, stand in front man. of a mirror with a with a with a bottle of bourbon and a pair of cowboy boots on. And go, Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher. Literally, what my nightmares are made of. <laughs> I can just be. I can just see Jesse being like, "What? What are you doing here? Get out of here! <laughs> I hate no, you." I just punch him. I would literally just punch him. Oh, don't punch! He ain't done nothing to you. <laughs> I will I, be I, good. And, he, and he'd be like, "I'm oh, sorry about that. Who are you?" <laughs> anyway, all right. So. Speaking of uh, fun, uh, let's go for our just for fun segment. Picking so in the theme of uh, New Year's resolution, Happy New Year, by the way, to everyone. Um, our New Year's resolution, you need so in in this segment, we are each going to pick an SEC team and decide what their New Year's resolution would or should be. Um, so I am going to go with Vandy, and I think that their resolution should be to have more fun to just have fun just you know no they've already hope... had fun did you no, see that i mean tweet? i mean they the had field. all the fun they get no more fun no fun of what if any kind okay well not on social media how direct your fun to the field uh because you're probably not gonna have a whole lot of it um especially against conference foes um I was also going to say uh, George's resolution should be not to get their hopes up. Um, so that's, that's another one, but uh, that was, that was my secondary one. I digress. Jesse, what are yours? Um, I think I'm going to have to pick Mizzou on this one and their motto should be to actually do the little quippy things that drinky says, like they should be tougher. Yeah. Uh, they, they should do that. They should circle some sort of like wagon on being better. Um, whatever those little motivational things are, they should start to do them. They have to be doers. That's their resolution. Don't would, be listeners, be doers. I would love for them to walk into practice and there to be like literal wagons circled in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just completely in the way, like they can't even practice, and they're like, what "Run is sprints this? around them." What is this, coach? Like, we're gonna circle the wagons today. It's gonna be great. I think that would be a great strength and conditioning thing. Just pulling wagons. Yeah, there you go. It would Something. work your lower body. I know that. Sure. It, yeah, it would be great. Might be a it little bit. Great. Might be a little bit closer, uh, too close to uh, Oklahoma's wagon, though. I don't know, but maybe you, know, you get the sentiment of it, though. So, but Missouri. That's where St. Louis is, and that's where the archway to the west was. A lot of wagons there, yeah. um, so it makes sense. Exactly. All right, Matt. Well, what do you got? I I think it Texas A and M, uh, and I think Texas A and M should stop being so shady. <gasps> that should be their resolution. That's... I didn't say it. <laughs> yep, uh, it's stop being so shady because it's not a good look on a and like that's the kind of crap we expect out of texas not y'all right okay all right so a and m don't spreading. be so shady it's spreading <laughs> also also uh another resolution uh for my own team tennessee is to bolster the defense next season yeah you know that that's an interesting flip-flop jesse i noticed you picked mizzou matt you picked a and m <laughs> that's that's funny oh, yeah <laughs> it's oh, not jesse Here's the thing. Who would win in a fight between Drinky and Jimbo? Jimbo. 
Yeah. I Jimbo bites. I promise you he bites. Jimbo's the kind of guy that would probably go for the lower territories. You know, yeah, he does. I feel like, feel like he would be a cheater. I, I don't know why. I've never met Jimbo. He, he will poke your eyes yeah, out. He, eye gouging. Yeah. He would be a heel if he was reading wrestling. He, yeah, he would be that guy who in a, in a fight, he would be the first person that starts the blow to start the fight. And then he would drop back and watch everybody else fight. I think that yeah. he's he's that guy. We're gonna or he's eight. the guy that it's supposed to be a fist fight, but all of a sudden he just like looks around and he finds like a bucket. I don't know why there's a bucket, but he finds it and he like hits you over the head with a bucket. And it's like, you a weren't spittoon. supposed to use props. <laughs> you weren't supposed to do that. And then he bites you. I promise you. We're going to yeah. get A&M fans out the wazoo if we keep up with this. Eh, they already hate me. It's fine. Hits you with a <laughs> spittoon and then bites you. Anyway. Yep. All right. Drinking well, cowards. He's just like, oh, no. Well, he's over there sitting there trying to figure out how to turn, oh, drink, turn the lightsaber on. Drinky would be there trying to look up in a in a book on how to settle intrapersonal conflicts or something. Right. He takes yeah. out the office book of like. Yes. Yes. Conflicts. Oh, my he's God. Like, Drinky is the win, Toby win, of the win. SEC. Win, win. That's it. <laughs> we just solved it. That's the reason why especially, I can't stand him. Especially for you. Oh, my God. He's the Toby and Jimbo Fisher is the Ryan. Just catchy. Jimbo Fisher is definitely Ryan. I can just see that would make a great just for fun segment. Yes. Yes. Matt walking up to Drinky and being like, Why are you the way that you are? (laughs) Drinky gets fired from Missouri and then he ends up as like a coordinator at Tennessee. (laughs) No! No! Yeah, Ooh, or oh, or drinking. He he thinks it's like a, a a shouting match instead of an actual fight, and he's just yelling cliches at people. Toughness <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> talk of the wagons. All oh, right. Lord. Anyway, all right. <laughs> we well, made it. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, we uh, would love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to hit us up on email, do so at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail uh, we can be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash pigskins and pageantry. Twitter at PPSCC podcast. Instagram at pigskins and pageantry. Don't forget we're available for download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. I uh, appreciate you guys getting involved on YouTube and TikTok. That's actually been two of the biggest places people have gotten involved in the conversation, which is always fun. We appreciate that and look forward to that interaction. Um, if you guys enjoy the show, we would love it if you take a moment to subscribe and review. We'd love a five-star review to let people know how awesome we are and give us a little bit more visibility. Until next time, this is Wes not getting my hopes up, but saying go dogs. Y'all, Will Anderson, I need you to wreck some lives, baby. Just remember, nobody is cute when they bark. Roll Tide. She's not wrong. I mean, I agree with her. Uh, Listen, hey, basketball season's here, baby. It's dub season. Go Vols.